Soy Power Podcast is a free podcast made possible by the support of our awesome Patreon sponsors. Head to toypowerpodcast.com and see how you can help. Welcome to Toy Power, the podcast where we talk toys and everything pop culture. G'day, Trent here, and it's wonderful to have your company today for episode 205. This week on Toy Power, we take a look at all the latest news. Then it's on to out of the box for our custom Mythic Legion figures. And we'll round it out with a look at the current TV landscape. Joining me today in the Toy Power studio, we've got Ben. G'day, g'day. Darren. Hello, everyone. And Frank. Uh, zoom, zoom. Let's kick it off. Three, two, one. Cue music. So what have you got for me? I'm Batman. She's got a new hat. Right, well, first in the... Uh, we've got some retro news from my beloved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Now... We've been a little bit critical of Playmates and their distinct lack of turtles in what is many consider to be a golden era for turtles collectors. Playmates, the the OG, have been remarkably silent or doing just a whole lot of reissues of those same four figures that every kid has at the bottom of their toy box ever. However, we've got two new, uh, what are they, six packs? Uh, One is a non-exclusive version of the one that was doing the rounds probably about a month or so ago now. That is your four turtles, Splinter and Shredder. The box art is different from the one that looked like the party wagon. This is more of a sewer playset. Sewer playset. Vintage box art style. Yep, so that looks pretty cool. But essentially it is the same six figures inside of that. But the cool one, the one that's got everyone going, oh, Playmates, you still got something is a villain's six-pack, and the box is meant to be shaped like the mutant module. So you sort of think it's a uh, a missile-looking uh, box. It's like a milk carton on its a side. Mil- <laughs> that's, that's, that's perfect. That's like way better than... a milk than carton that's going to um, <laughs> dig its way through the Earth's crust. That's yeah, it. <laughs> uh, and in this box set, we get six villains, some of which you don't see that often. Uh, we get Krang in his little walker, so no, not the big massive one. We get Bebop, we get Rocksteady, we get a foot soldier, we get Slash, and we get Mr. Trent's favourite, Baxter Stockman. And as far as I can tell, this is the first reissue of Baxter. I think you're right. We've had Slash before. He was notoriously hard to get. In the 25th anniversary. 25th year yeah. anniversary line. I think a Canadian uh, exclusive. Could I've, have been in I, the end. I picked yeah. him up in San Diego Comic Con 2010. So, oh, yeah. nice. Wow. Um, but yeah, very cool set. I'm look. This is Playmates has got a little bit of kick left in it, and I mm. think it's got so much potential here to do some of those other figures as well. We've talked a lot about some of the rare ones, and I don't know if they'd have mass appeal, but certainly at collector levels, collector there'd be a, a lot of appeal, and, and I'd be screaming out for a, a slash. I'm actually pretty yeah. excited about Baxter, to be honest with you, because yep. I never saw Baxter in retail back in the day, so. It, even though I've had one for many years in, in my vintage turtles collection, there's still a holy grailness about it yep. in that regard because I never saw him in retail. If I happen to see this on the shelf somewhere, I reckon it'd be pretty hard for me to not buy it. Yeah. Now, the other thing about these is it is the soft heads on the turtle wave, like uh, you said, the similar yep. figures. 
They're slightly larger. I know Steve Reddy picked this up when we first saw the pics of that exclusive yep. party wagon set. Um, but I think there's something in that that at least they're mixing it up, and at least mm. they're saying, you know what, we're gonna do we're gonna do soft heads this time. We're gonna do Baxter this time, and that's a nice touch from a company that otherwise could be pretty quiet with their offerings. Yeah. With rise of the TMNT and the fact that that essentially there's no new figures for that line. Yeah, yeah and they said for a long time they're going to go back to classic turtles, and I think we sort of pictured maybe you know the original ten at the most, and maybe a crane on top of that. You know, not much more than this. This this shows um, this mutant module pack shows real real promise. Hopefully, it does well enough to to go a lot deeper um, because there are some things that I think would sell quite nicely in in the collecting community. Not only the obscure stuff, but even just you know some of the stuff that people remember fondly that hasn't been reissued a hundred times. So oh, yeah. quick round the room. Six next next six characters. Mm. Oh, so, I, see, I, I think I'll stay away from variants as much as that that hurts yeah, me personally. Yeah. Um, I think. Would you go, go down the slash route and all that sort of stuff? I, I think you would probably not, sorry slash. Um, what am I thinking? I have no idea. What you're the, thinking. Uh, you're thinking the cat. Yeah, slash. slash. Oh, what's his name? Scratch. Scratch. Well, I keep saying slash. I mean, <laughs> yeah. my brain is yeah. saying scratch. Yeah, yeah. I, I think scratch. you'll find the villains uh, will probably be more popular. I'm thinking you get a general trag, you get a rat king, you get a leatherhead, um, I think that scumbug. Makes sense. You know that sort of those yeah, sort April, of April, April and Casey. April and Casey well, yeah, and that's and then you for a, a, a heroes one, you'd go April Casey, um, Usagi, Mondo Gecko, yeah, Casey, uh, Ray, Philip, you know, and one of the maybe one an of the Ace Duck or something, yeah, yeah. Genghis Frog, yeah. I think there's that, and because that to, most people would know that from your sort of '89, early '90s sort of stuff, and then from there you start getting into the really obscure, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? With all these buzz about Tucker and Razor, we yeah, might you see could them go. get reissued. Tucker and Razor could go on Metalhead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, absolutely. Yeah. But I think you're right, Frank. I think they're going to keep it to that 88 to 1991. Mm. And and if look, I think the fans obviously are crying out for a, for a scratch, maybe a hot spot, maybe a Tyranno Shredder. Nah, <laughs> you know. nah, they won't. They won't. Could you imagine? Shogun Yeah, Shogun yeah. Shogi. Uh, the four undercover turtles. Yeah. Actually, that, that'd be an easy one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, They take the original four moulds, put them in cloth, you know, little cloth goods, and yeah. away you go. So and I think you people would snap them up. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm, very all cool. Right. Should we move on to some Marvel Legends news now? And we all got pretty excited when Marvel Legends included a She-Hulk in their line. We are now getting a repaint of that figure in the traditional green colour. Um, this one's interesting because it features the alt head, mm-hmm. the very, very... So you obviously get what was the original head that came with the original She-Hulk, which is an angry, really menacing-looking face, and then just plain Jane, just yep. like staring it into space. And, and I don't think it works because she's she's got a fist clenched, she's got the, you know her, her clothes are just about ripped. falling off of yeah. her, ripped, and then she's got this real deadpan look on her face, and you go, it doesn't doesn't work the only way i could see that head i would have much prefer that head with a a lawyer outfit you know where she's she's yep. in her civvies if you will doing her her nine to five job and then that head works really well it looks strange but but would that then 
if she wasn't, she'd have to be green though. Would she's that, all, yeah, she's still green. Is she? In so, but essentially, they could take attire. her. Yeah, essentially, right. that's her. I think that's what separates her from Bruce Banner. Right. Is that she's always green. Okay. Uh, but she still makes a name for herself in yeah. the corporate world because yeah. she's a good lawyer as of well course, as able enough. to lift trucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, uh, Darren, do you want to tell us about some of this McFarlane stuff coming up? Absolutely. So we have more gold from McFarlane. Um, <laughs> Quite literally. Literally. Mm-hmm. The second assortment of McFarlane um, toys gold label. Gold label. Yeah. It's not just label. a label, it's a gold Batman. <laughs> it is a gold it's Batman. It's McGold. <laughs> um, the um, seven inch um, scale figures um, have been announced. These include um, new paint decos, which will be available from Walmart um, and include. Spawn with Mace, DC Comics, Dark Knights, Metal, Red Death, and a Warhammer 40,000 Primus Space Marine. But that's not all from McFarlane. In a new video, the Todd has shown four new figures from Batman Beyond. Um, Batman Beyond with an estimated um, arrival of April. Um, we have Shriek, June, Batwoman Beyond August, and Blight in October. All come with... Um, build a figure pieces to make the Joker bot. I reckon the Batwoman Beyond is the uh, prize out of this lot. Yeah, I think she, she looks, looks sensational. Yeah. She looks very toddified. She, no, she looks like she looks like she's uh, <laughs> merged with a symbiote, like yeah, Venom. Yeah, 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 that's yeah, right. Uh, I, I love it. I, I love it though. I think ha, ha, is that real? Like, is yeah. is she in the comics well, and TV series? I, I watched. I, I'm pretty familiar with the Batman Beyond comic. Like, Shriek is the one where I just go, yes, that was... I think he was one of the villains in as early as the second or third episode. Um, and he's great. Comes back, you know, a couple of times across the series. Bat, Batman Beyond... Oh, sorry, Batwoman Beyond? I don't ever recall no, seeing her. So maybe no, maybe no. this is a comics thing. May, I'm not quite no, sure where it comes it's from. Maybe it's Todd McFarlane. It's Todd. Yeah. I must admit, I'm a huge Blight fan. I love, yeah. I love Blight. I love this story. It's one of these sort of almost Harvey Dent, uh, Batman the Animated Series. You know, he starts off and and then you've got the transformation. It's a bit of a slow burn. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was a, a really cool story arc for the villain in the animated series. But also, I thought he got a pretty cool figure he back did, in the original Kenner line. Yeah, yeah he, and it had a Skaglow-esque. He was very Skaglow-esque. It was sort of it's got that. If you go to that line, you can tell that kind of late 90s influence mm. of where they're sort of pre-posed in these really kind of dynamic poses. And that line goes in a little bit of that direction. But I reckon it's a very nicely executed figure. And they didn't do a lot of villains in the original line. They did a, you know thousands of versions of Terry McGuinness in his Batman Beyond and all the crazy techno colours that came with it. But really only a handful of villains in that line. I think you got Blight, you got the Joker... The Joker's gang with mm, the two, yep. you know, little flippy Joker pie face thing. Yes, and, and not too much more no, off no, from memory. No, no, didn't go very deep at all, uh, which was a bit, bit of a shame. A few variants, I just don't think, don't think it sold as as well as the Batman animated stuff. It's a really, it's a really good show though. Like everyone, great, everyone talks about Batman the animated series and how it holds up. Batman Beyond is almost as good. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I agree with that mm. entirely. Um, you know, I think at the time it was probably a little ahead of its time, and people weren't quite ready for it. But, but um, it definitely holds up. 
All right, who wants to talk G.I. Joe? I think that's I think all you, man. God that's damn it. Are you a resident G.I. Joe? that was going to I've got a question after this, after okay. you've uh, right. filled us sure. in with all the information. I So, basically, what we're seeing... Now, one of the complaints or criticisms, I think, of those early ways of G.I. Joe classifieds we're talking about, these are the new six-inch sort of fully articulated ones, was the paint. Everyone said, look, they look good, they move well. Uh, but the paint was a bit too Fortnite-y, Scarlet was a bit too young, there was neon blues for no apparent reason, and lots of gold that had people very, very upset. Hasbro seemed to have actually listened to this, and we've heard rumours of it. Now we've actually seen some pics for the first time of repaints of Scarlet and... Um, Roadblock. Roadblock, that's one. the one. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and then there's talk, basically that whole first wave, I believe with the exception of Snake Eyes, because <laughs> you, you can't repaint a figure that's not painted you can't you know adjust perfection (laughs) (laughs) Um, and yeah these are actually they have dulled down a lot of the uh, the things that people had an issue with I'm looking at Scarlet for example and she's got the blue in her torso and little blue highlights on her boots those are gone basically replaced with black her head sculpt looks like it's been slightly redone to sort of age her up a bit there was complaints that she was you know looked like a teenager virtually in the face and that uh, gold on the sort of chest and the boots has been dulled down as well. So, but essentially, it is the same figure that you got, which kind of begs the question: uh, Is the Wave One quoting figures Fortnite colors? Are they going to be you know rarer in and more expensive in years to come? Who can really say? I think this change is coming at a time that they've been out there for enough of a time for there to be a fairly big distribution of those figures it's not like it's a, a running change where True. factory spits out a few and then they kind of change it so i, I personally don't think it's going to be a massive value proposition hard mm-hmm. to know which one will have more figures produced really um, i think they went pretty hard with that first wave mm. um so this is this is really interesting i what i like about this and we'll get to your question in a sec ben is that if anything, whatever you think about the repaints and whether you want to get them or whether you think they're price gouging or whatever your view on them are, I like the fact that Hasbro listened. I yes, like the fact agreed. that one of the resounding comments online was they were overdone in terms of the color scheme. I saw a number of the prototype sculpts, just the grayscale, Duke in particular, and I thought he looked amazing if you just looked at the sculpt. And I think something was lost in the paint apps. Yep. Something was lost with the colours, etc. I'm not saying... I don't know which ones I prefer, to be honest, yeah. out of the two. I quite... I don't mind the Scarlet, for example, now. It's sort of grown on me. Yeah. The, um, in, just looking at the Roadblock one, that's one of the more obvious ones. If you look at the original figure, he's got those golden greaves, basically, on his uh, shins there. Yep. They're just completely gone in yeah. this new one. And he essentially has black pants and boots. The um, green vest, which is a very sort of light green on the Classifieds original figure. This new one is much closer to the original and it's got a more stark green. It's got a little army star on it and stuff and even the uh the wonderful weapon that he has that <laughs> the, the, the laser main, cannon yeah thing. it's basically this military black if yep. it was a real gun which is probably closer to what it would look like than this you know um shiny blue and red thing that the first figure comes with so they, they are significant paint changes it's not just a couple of different shades they've literally gone up oh, fans didn't like that okay get rid of it and that's cool that's nice yeah. to know mm. that fans are being listened to 
Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. All right. My question to you, Master Frank. And <laughs> so I've been. I went to town and I had a look around and I saw that uh, Wave One was still hanging around on the pegs and sure. things, and there was about twenty, uh, you know, pimp destros on the shelf and a couple <laughs> of uh, the other characters. If if we don't see Wave Two, because it's now like you know they're up to Wave Two or Three or Four mm. or whatever, are, are you going to pursue this line? Only at retail, or will you hit the um, you know the mouse pad and order them through online sources? Uh, it's a good question. To be honest, I have seen um, who was it? Gung Ho. I saw him on the pegs yep. and passed at the time. Right. I think because there was some shinier Marvel Legends that next to him that I ended up picking up on that particular day. Um, I think if a, for example, a Baroness or a Storm Shadow was to you know sit on a shelf in front of me, I don't think I could pass that up. Um, those are probably the characters that I actually know, which is relatively few compared to how many's out there. They're probably the ones, if I was to go, you know, online shopping, they're the ones I'd, I'd try and hit. Um, but I'm not going to go paying overs for a, a gung-ho or a, a Cobra the, Viper or a... Uh, yeah, what were the other ones Firefly we saw that were the all green? They were... Um, yeah, Flint yeah, and uh, Lady Flint and Lady, yeah. yeah they, they don't yeah. do it for me. I want, you know, a bombastic character that looks like it could, you know could sit in with my Marvel Legends yep. for argument's sake. Yep. Whereas the the all green army guys, you're like, nah, that's just boring for me. Hundred percent. Fair mm. enough. That's cool. Yeah. Just uh just thought I'd no, no, ask that's a good that question. question. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. So um here's something out of the blue. So there seem to be a few statues coming to life. Two new Disney themed Q figs have been announced by Quantum Mechanics. They have revealed Goliath and Demona from the iconic nineteen nineties Disney animated series Gargoyles, Woo, right? Gargoyles. Go. When, coming. when nah. have we heard gargoyles? Except for you know Disney Plus being announced yeah. and the uh, you know the cartoon coming back. Gargoyles has sort of you know been a real sleeper line. So yeah, the five inch, dogs. yeah, five inch tall collectible includes diorama bases. There are plans to produce additional characters from the series. The duo join newly announced Disney Q figs such as Darkwing Duck yeah, and nice. the Rocketeer. How good! So the Gargoyles Q figs are priced at twenty dollars each. Watch this space, so to speak. So twenty bucks, I think that's you know affordable, yep. and uh, it's a nice entry point, you know, for uh, casual collectors and things. And I think, uh, yeah, good luck to them. Yeah, it's interesting to see the yeah. license being used, and you sort of go, ah, oh, is this a bit of a tester to see? You know, how well it sells is, is their love for, for the brand out there. I've got one of the little Supergirl um, Qmix ones right on the left-hand corner of the shelf there. It's really nice. It, no articulation in it. It's essentially a, a mini statue with sort of done in PVC styling, but really high quality, nice paint. Um, you know, if this is uh, sounds like your sort of thing, then go support it, and we might uh, we might see more in the future from Gargoyles. Yeah, for sure. Nice. And now there's a bit of news here, and I haven't seen these pics. I don't know if anyone's got some floating around, but Mortal Kombat has... We haven't got a trailer for this. This is an interesting one. Uh, the new Mortal Comes Kombat this film. this year, like April, it, it's, it's It's very soon. It's imminent. Actually, when uh, we, with the studio... I can't think of who it was, whether it was Warner. Was it Warner, Warner that's got them? I think Warner Brothers. Yeah. yeah, Warner Brothers came out and redid their new schedule of movie releases with this kind of combined HBO Max and cinema dual kind of concept. And this one came out as January 15. Now, funnily enough, which was not right, and it didn't look right at the time, and I think since then they've changed it to, like you said, Frank, March or April. Mm. But funnily enough, the girl that sits next to me at work worked on this film when it was oh, wow. shooting here on Adelaide. She was She's an accountant, so she worked on it 
in the office, um, but did get to see some of the you know interesting <laughs> stuff going on for the film, which uh, which is cool. She's got a Mortal Kombat drink bottle on her desk with all the logos so on. So she worked on it in the office. So was she just like punching people's heads off every now and then? That... <laughs> I think she was, she was doing she was, she was doing she was, the accounting for it. <laughs> she was game data analysis, like <laughs> pretty much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, look, and, and interestingly, the core or the protagonist of this film is not a Mortal Kombat character. So that's really? yep. The main that. character is a nobody that we've never heard before, and the idea is they get thrust into this Mortal Kombat, and all the characters we know and love know what's going on, and they're that character that kind of brings us into the world because okay. they're like, what, what's oh, going on? Okay. So yeah, that's that that's sense. their purpose, sure. right? Um, I'm just seeing some of these shots come up now, and it looks really cool. The one that's impressed me is Kano, which is played by uh, fellow Aussie Josh Lawson, who you almost wouldn't recognise. He's very much the the clean cut sort of funny man in a lot of the things he does, and he's he's Kano. So he's he's got a big beard. He's he's beefed up, but rather than the metal plate in his head that Kano is famous for. And like the robotic eye, he's just got a whole series of scars, and it's like his eye is permanently bloodshot. Okay, and right. Yet, yeah, and yep. yet, as, as soon as I looked at, it, I went, "Well, that's Kano," but it's a really yep. grounded way of of doing that. The other one that's got me excited, uh, well, Jax looks ridiculous, but that's a guy with metal arms for you. As, um, as long as he doesn't take them off and can fight better without <laughs> yeah. them, I will be, you know... What we need in this movie are more morals yeah, yeah. that you can do better uh, without cybernetic yeah. arms. Yeah. You don't need enhancements from yeah. technology. Yeah. Um, Kung Lao. Kung Lao is one of my favourite characters. He's the guy with the big circular hat, for those who don't know. He's, as far as the game and the lore, he's one of my favourite characters. He kind of plays that sort of slightly darker-edged rival to Liu Kang. They're from the same temple, so they, they subscribe to the same sort of belief system but he gives less f's than Liu kang does yep. about that and he's like no no no, let's just do this and, and do it nasty almost so i'm very keen to see him he's got the big hat and it looks pretty pretty cool mm, very cool hopefully yeah because this was all uh, filmed in uh, local south australia yes. so the state that we're in so hopefully if we look close enough we'll see davy walk past as a background character or even a main character well, we don't know his lips are tight so yeah well we had a chat to a couple of the people that auditioned for this and if you were a guy going for an audition you walked into the room and it's basically shirt off and photos taken so I think they were you, you were really auditioning for one of these fighter type characters so I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to audition well that <laughs> Davey taking his shirt off is not an unusual thing so he'd been right at home mm. <laughs> Does uh, Batman riding a uh, small child's playground piece of equipment qualify in the Mortal Kombat universe? What? <laughs> I'm just thinking of some of the tats Davey has. Oh, right. Um, <laughs> whether they would be in, in uh, keeping be with the lore of, uh, yep. of Mortal Kombat. Yes, that or, would be very interesting. Or um, Trent riding a My Little Pony with Daddy Sam. Well, that's, that's definitely in keeping. <laughs> <laughs> that is. We also have some news that's popped up on Big Bad Store, um, Big Bad Toy Store. There is a pre-order, no pictures yet, of a Masters of the Universe Origins Wind Raider, uh, which is um, twenty nine ninety five, and yeah, that's sort of up and you know ready to go for those that are wanting to pre-order. It. How much is the land shark? I think it's about the same. Right, so comparative yeah, compare, uh, yeah. prices mm-hmm. and probably size and scale. So that's interesting. Cool. Uh, how deep are you in on this already? Have you pre-ordered it or are you still waiting? I haven't pre-ordered it yet. I'm I'm hoping that I'm going to see some of it locally. But 
I'm I'm pretty keen on you know if, if that doesn't happen I'm pretty keen on ordering a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know I've got a few things sort of that have come my way in collection. Thanks thanks to our good friend Scott. He's hooked me up with a um, Prince Adam and and Sky Sled and Battle Cat and. Beastman and Teela to go. You got, so you're pretty. You've you pretty much got the whole line already. <laughs> so I've, I've got a bit, and and I've, you know he also um, very kindly ordered me a ski guy. So I've got a bit sort of happening mm. in that line. But there's a big part of me that just w- would love to see them on shelves again. Like well, I feel like mm. it'd I just be magic. If you look at, and I don't know if this is a good test, but a lot of the online stores are just pumping this line, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. I've just seen post after post of, look what we're getting, we're getting Origins mm-hmm. in, yay. Yep. So I feel like you can just order these so easily. There's yep. just yep. massive. It, it just depends if you want to chase the best price, really. Yeah, yeah The sure. prices vary by up to $20 on a regular figure, so. Yes. Mm. Yeah, and my strong desire um, for once, um, if I'm going to be opening them, is that I can, that the, the mini comics have text. Have we have we confirmed that Australian ones will? No, yet? we haven't. We haven't. Okay. We don't know either way yet. I don't think. Right. Right. But the international release uh, doesn't have. Text. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Interesting. Cool. 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 All right. Moving on. So the upcoming release of the NECA cartoon figures. So we've got Muckman and Mondo, which we originally thought were a two pack. Right. Mm. They were well, they sort were of advertised as a two pack. That's right. Uh, but now they are being offered separately. So I found this really interesting. And interesting to... I'm, I'm just wondering if this is going to be an ongoing thing or not. And what sort of other characters do you think might get the... That have been announced that might get the single release rather than a two-pack. Mm. And this sort of benefits me because I didn't want Muckman, right? I, I didn't... I think he just looks too plain and things. I've got no... I don't have the vintage figure in my collection. I've got no attachment to him. But I love Mondo Gecko. Mm. But I didn't want to have the be in the situation that I had to flip one character, right? So when when I found out that Mondo Gecko was by himself, bam, I ordered it, you ordered, know, because uh, I'm not in on Super Seven as much as they are the superior toy line. I'll admit that. Um, I just I need to know where my you know you're, limits you're are. Somewhere. That's it. <laughs> so I, I I jumped on the to Mondo Gecko pretty quickly. Uh, what do, what do we think? Do you think this is a good idea moving forward, or um, do we think that the two packs are a brilliant offering, offering a lesser known character with a better known character, so to speak? Or yeah, well, my view on this is clearly single packs are my preferred way of purchasing because, like you say, if you want one or the other, or you want an army build foot soldiers or whatever you want to do, it gives you the choice. I think to some degree it works for Necker. You know, combining maybe a less popular character with a more popular character so that you kind of feel compelled to buy both. I think listening to some of the NECA interviews, they have price points they need to match when they go with a two-pack. And sometimes that means putting a figure that they've already done that they can just basically churn out of the factory again to get the pricing right. And with accessories and as those things come in, they've got to kind of match what figures are available at the same time coming off the production floor and then kind of mash them together in a two-pack, make sure the accounting kind of works. So I think I get the impression from listening to that interview, this is a symptom of it just didn't line up. Whatever Whatever the issue was, maybe the figures were coming out at different times, maybe the pricing didn't quite work, they've gone for the singles. The other thing they noted was these things are flying off the shelves good they basically yeah. can't produce enough to, and and the brilliant thing and this is what i love about NECA is they're just going oh we sold out of rocksteady and bebop 
we'll just make another another batch. Hit, hit, turn, 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 turn it on turn, turn and go again. On, the machine on and, again. And the yeah. demand is so high, they can just go into that next run. So I, I think a lot of people get upset or frightened when they, they, you know, I can't find a Bebop and Rocksteady. I keep going into the stores and I can't find them anywhere. This is peace of mind to know, yeah. look, we hear you. We're doing our best to get them out. Now, I say that because I think this whole concern of putting a less popular character with the more popular character maybe isn't such an issue for neck and now yeah. they're just going these things are selling they'll sell as singles they'll sell as two packs yeah and i think that's a really interesting point i can understand why people would panic about rockstar and bebop because your collection is gonna be poorer for for not having them if, if you particularly if you're wanting to go deep but their commitment to go back you know i think is is reassuring and, and I do think they'll sell. Um, personally, I'll be fascinated to see whether or not they do Vernon as a single release. See, that's the no, I, don't I don't think they will. I don't think you'll ever see that. And Irma is the other one I yeah. thought of. Yeah. Some people would consider her, unless she's in a lot more episodes than Muckman, for example. Yeah. But I think you'll see her with, as you see, Irma and like uh, Carla of the Neutrinos together. Yep. And then you'll see Zach and Dask together. Yep. As oh, I agree. That kind of works, actually. It, it because, does. It, but what I, I guess the point the is... Two turtles wave in the vintage yeah, Playmates line. But I guess so. the point is, I don't see an Irma figure on her own Yep. going just because yep. she's a, a you know and they'll probably have some wacky accessories that go with some of the crazier stuff that happened to her in the cartoon that i don't remember but yep. partner her with uh, uh one of the few other female alien figures in the show and that'll sell or even future toyed was he in the cartoon um well he got a figure i presume he was in the cartoon he was heavily in the comics yeah but yeah, yeah yeah anyway yeah. yeah, I guess we'll find out. Mm, Very good. Very cool. All right, that wraps up our news segment. We are going to move on to having a look at the beautiful gifts we got last time from John Caulfield, the Mythic Legions customs. And we didn't open them at the time because um, I think we just were so blown away, but we realized that they are resealable boxes, obviously. Mm. John slipped them sort of back in. Uh, everyone's gone around and opened theirs except for me. And it's not because so I'm... Motor, you know, it's pretty standard. Yeah, pretty pretty standard. Yeah, it speaks very highly. But um, Trent's gone back to time, everyone. Ben did have some pics from John of my uh, Brave brave Star kind of repaint. Mythic Brave Mythic Star. Mythic Brave Star. And uh, essentially, one of the really, really cool items and nice nods is the shield. And John's painted a beautiful Marshall's badge in gold on the large silver shield, which is absolutely beautiful. I think he also comes with an axe, um, which is really a done baton. A, is it axe yeah, or baton? It's, it's a it's an axe. Okay. Yep. Right. But and does it, he come with eyes of the hawk and speed of the puma? <laughs> puma. Speed of the puma. <laughs> uh, and of course the uh, the golden brick, which I never won in real life on Lego Masters, <laughs> so I'm glad to have a golden brick in my collection. But very very cool. And I'm I'm looking around and seeing the others, which the guys will talk to, but they they I mean it's no surprise, but they look even better out of the box, don't they? Oh, 100%, man. I, I cracked mine open. I'm staring at it. And I'm like, you know what? I've got a bit of time. I'm going to open this up because I sort of realized that the pack is resealable and mm. things. And I wanted to... That's how I wanted to display it on my shelf. So yeah. I cracked it open. And uh, inside the box, it's got the big horn-headed mask and things. But to my surprise, uh, inside the packaging, there was hidden items that you couldn't sort of see. So it came with a skull head that had a beautiful black wash to it and things. Articulated jaw. See, I'm a person that doesn't have any Mythic Legions yeah. in their um, collection. So this is all new to me and things. Uh, absolutely phenomenal. The huge axe, like a double-handed sort of axe, 
to hold, but it comes. You can either have one axe head on it, or you can be double he- headed uh, axe, cool. and it, the other side has got a little pointy bit that you can interchange for the connection. So the interchangeability of these figures, I can see why people just drool over them for customization and things. Came with two swords, very bone esque like handles. But the uh, swords themselves have blood splattered on them, so nice. he has been into war and uh, you know, you know, One. slashed up some uh, <laughs> yeah, some uh, characters. Uh, but the thing is, as well, this character's all bone esque and things, skeleton uh, body and stuff. But he packed in the forearms and the uh, legs of a regular human oh, character, so I can cool. swap him out to a more beefy looking shredder if I want to with the uh, black paint. Uh, you know, legs and arms and mm. stuff. Haven't done that yet because it's a little bit too far for me with a custom figure that I'm trying to be really delicate yes. with. But yeah, I chucked up my photos on um, Facebook, Instagram, all those uh, you know social media channels. I, he just he 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 takes the photos for me essentially. Like <laughs> he is just so well photography. You know, uh, just yeah, amazing. It's my first taste of Mythic Legions, and I can see why you know the fan base for them is just so high and john has done such a phenomenal job on this uh, character i cannot uh you know praise that enough so thank you thank you so much john definitely well darren you just uh actually opened yours here tonight in front of us didn't you i did i, I did um, for the very first time i want it so um what i've noticed um came with the mythic batman that John gave me um, is very cool. There's a belt accessory, which I, I guess sort of uh, doubles for Mythic Batman's utility Has belt. it got lots of pockets on it? Um, it Has it got some bat shark repellent on it? it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mythic shark some, repellent. Some, some Jaws shark and repellent. It's a nice looking gold belt, which looks very cool. And um, the weapons are really interesting as well because they, they tip the hat to something else. There's an axe, shield, and sword. And what's significant about that? Well, they're the the signature weapons for for the original He-Man in pretty much every Masters Universe line to date, uh, which which for me is is really exciting. As people know, I have a high regard for for the the um, both the Masters Universe franchise, which I believe to be the very best toy-based franchise of all time. High regard's and... an interesting phrase to use. When What was it? A couple of episodes you go, you're like, Masters is back! Oh! <laughs> Unconditional high regard. Unconditional. Unconditional. Unconditional and, love. Yeah. And, um, and I also have an unconditional high regard for the Batman franchise, which mm. I consider to be the, the best comic book franchise of all time. And He-Man and, and Batman would be the two greatest characters, you know, the greatest character in each set franchise so, so if he, uh, for if John to sort of um, tap into that I just think shows that not only does he he um, listen to this show really well he's, he's really gotten into my brain so to speak and, <laughs> and, and come out with something that, that really speaks to me and I can't thank him enough for all the hard work he put into it as as Ben said and all the talent that that he poured into it but also also just just for just for trying to you know tip the hat to all that in whether it be the figure whether it be the bio the whole bit you know um it'll go back on the card um because i want to keep the bio and everything together with it but i'm just so 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 very grateful for everything you did to make this what it is one other thing i've got to call out i don't can't speak to trent's but uh the three of our uh 
characters have custom capes that he's made. Yeah. So these yes. capes definitely didn't come with the figures initially. So he's done one for my Mythic Shredder. He's done Mythic Batman and, of course, Mythic Supergirl. Yep. Yeah, so uh, Mythic Supergirl, wow. Um, this is... To Ben's point, I've never been so nervous handling a figure and, and posing it and stuff. And and part of that is because I didn't want to ruin John's amazing paintwork and stuff. Yep. Um, she hasn't got like a, an, a the, I guess the sculpting didn't really allow for like the typical S you would see on the chest. But he's got the gold sort of highlights running up and down her midriff type thing. Um, it comes with a large spear that was really obvious in the package the one I didn't know about there was a, a little belt accessory very similar to Darren's one this one's painted in the Supergirl blue um, which basically allows her to put a quiver of arrows all the golden arrows that I think were mentioned in that lovely bio uh, she's got a crossbow with an individual arrow that you can actually and there's a string attached oh, to wow. so you could actually knock the arrow like you would yeah. an actual crossbow yeah. and then flick it and it would like fire Sweet. off um, so very very cool yeah. um, she did also this is one I didn't see until I opened it come with an alternate head yeah. I love that alternate head, head. Yeah. I think so that good. was so cool that it, was yeah it's nice a, surprise yeah so for those who haven't seen the pictures it's very much a uh, I think a ranger type figure or an elf you know with a, a hood blue hood with a gold trim on it and uh, a very nice face under there I did uh, I have swapped them out for the purposes of pictures and had a look I really like it to your point Ben but I just I think the golden hair on that shelf with all the other oh, yeah, for sure, girls sure. With golden hair, yeah, I think yeah. it, it really pops um, and you, to the point about uh, uh, mythic legions and the quality and stuff when I was moving it around the waist did actually pop off but yep. it's meant to boom right you can on. do that and then pop it right back on and that allowed me to actually get the uh, the belt for her um, quiver sort of over over one shoulder type thing so yeah uh, the the paint on and John did sort of say this when I spoke to him privately the paint on this head is still a bit tacky, tacky and I think yeah. that's by virtue of the fact it sat in a box for seven months somewhere in a post box God knows where yes. so I'm going to let that dry out I might even I was saying to John I'll print off a little 3D you know using a 3D printer just a little stand so the old head can sit alongside her because I really like the look of it that's a great idea and it'd be and a shame to just sit in a box absolutely somewhere, and everyone so. will know that it goes with that figure yeah. Same same with me. I've got my helmeted head on him permanently, yes. but I've got the skull head at his feet with the two crossed uh, swords sitting nice. at, at his nice. feet. So around the room, where have you got these figures? Obviously, Frank prides himself with these Supergirl shelf, yep. so she sits up there beautifully. Frank, where, uh, sorry, Trent, where are you going to put yours in your... Uh, Mine's currently... I haven't found a final home for it because in your lego section yeah potentially <laughs> well that's currently where it is he's a master it's builder a, yeah, yeah he's a master builder he's, a, he's allowed to go in the lounge room whereas most of my other toys aren't so that's where he is at the moment but i think yeah he, he's got to take a almost a museum kind of piece pose mm -hmm. uh to be on display as something you know very special in the collection yep. nice darren um, mine's been um, on the in, on top of the entertainment unit in the living room actually. It's like on top of the TV. Yeah, <laughs> everyone's been admiring it. You know, my parents have been admiring it as well. And you know, I made a big deal about the fact that that one of our patrons and listeners sent it to us that that he didn't just buy it off the shelf. That he put his talent and and design into it as well. Mm. And I made a big deal about the bio and how that tips its hat to to me and and this show. And, you know, so far no one said, can you put that in the room? <laughs> so I'm hoping to leave it there. So I'm hoping to leave it there. I think it's, it's, 
earned its spot. Beautiful. Yeah. Good stuff. I, I looked at putting mine with my shredder shelf, but my shredder yeah. shelf is getting very full and <laughs> yep. clustered, and it's a bit of a uh, lower level shelf. So I actually put it with my Master Universe classics, and I've got him nice. in the, in the uh, uh, well. you know yeah, evil evil well. villains type uh, era, and uh, yeah, I think he looks awesome there. So mm. wonderful, very Beautiful. good. Oh, that well, thanks again to John for all the hard work and passion that went into that, and we're so glad that package did arrive. All right, it's time to move on to our final segment. It's a bit of a round the grounds on TV shows, and one of the big new Disney Plus shows to hit has been WandaVision. We did also want to touch a little bit on The Mandalorian, just a, a quick... We sort of touched on it in awards ceremonies yeah. and that sort of thing. I guess I don't think anyone wants to hear us review a show that's now a month or more. No, old and we're not going to do a review, but just sort of, I guess, maybe some impressions or some comments. And we'll also touch on you know a bit about this whole you know future of Disney Plus and what that might look like as well. So... What, what do we think? What do we think? Maybe we'll start off with Mando. Now, this Mando has been running the very, very tough line of appealing to the hardcore fans whilst bringing in a new audience. And I think this is the challenge of any show that has a fan base to do both things. And I can't think of that many that do it really, really well. And I'm going to have to just say that Mando has nailed it. We're bringing in the kids. We're bringing in people that have never seen Star Wars before. But something between uh, Filoni and Favreau, some sort of magic formula that they've got, they're able to run a very, very fine line of paying fan service without going overboard or without making it corny. It, and that, it, it's without, tougher without spoon than spoon feeding it to yeah, you. Yeah, without without yeah. making you feel yeah. like you know, oh, wink, wink, nod, nod. They don't make the audience feel dumb. Yep. I think Filoni has the knowledge and the history with the franchise that he he is inside the head of your average fan and what they want to see. Well, he is a fan, isn't he? Yeah, that's <laughs> He's right. A and, fan. and I think John Favreau is the modern day Spielberg who just everything he touches at the moment turns to gold. You put those two together, yeah, it's a slam dunk. Like I think overall, just broad impressions. I think season two top season one, I and, do that, too. and that's yep, saying yep, something. Yep, yep. Season one it was universally agreed to be wonderful television, and you were a little worried always when a season two of something like that comes out. Can they maintain it? They they bettered it in my opinion, um, and then the way it was ended There's definitely off. Definitely more action in season two, I think. Yeah, definitely more action, and I just. I was a little critical of some episodes that were a little bit monster of the week, but then when the the overall story arc got to the end, you were just like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And then that, and then an X wing yeah. flies in. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. Like um, amazing stuff. Yeah. And the way it ended just has you going, "Crap! How long do we have to wait for season yeah, three I know. now?" Yeah, like, I I love the franchise. I cannot speak highly enough that it got my family into Star Wars. Mm. Uh, up until that point, they didn't care about Star Wars. Uh, you know that goes to my two young daughters and to my wife right so massive ticking in the right direction for that i loved season two you guys have you know covered everything that can be said but season two felt like they moved the universe so much more forward than season one and i have pay massive respect to that so loved it yeah no i couldn't agree more um for me there's so much about season two that that just built on season one um, season one was a lot more ex- exposition, I guess, and a lot less action driven, um, which I think you needed in season one to sort of build the universe and and take it in that that direction that they were taking it in. 
season two, I think, is where a lot of the payoffs come, particularly the end of it, and yes. and 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 seeing seeing um, spoiler alert, seeing Luke appear, um, you know, at the end was just just capped it off for me. It just sort of it reminds you about what you loved about the original trilogy. Uh, I think not just that scene, but you know, Mando generally, because it sort of exists in that that timeline just after Return of the Jedi, or you know. And, you know what, and I think that works really, really well for it. It keeps you sort of grounded in, in that era, which is high point for a lot of Star Wars fans. And you know, I, I just and they did something really magical, and, and to be able to keep a lid on it. Um, oh, that was keep, massive! That to was be able massive. to keep it all secret yeah. in in today's social media world. For them to keep it secret is is a dedication in itself. Absolutely. They've done it twice. Well, yeah. Baby Yoda, yeah. they did yeah. it with. That's right. And, and a funny story here. Um, the day after I watched it, I saw on my Twitter feed, Mark Hamill, um, <laughs> tweet. So you seen anything good on TV? Yeah, that's right. Cheeky, 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 bugger. cheeky. <laughs> I listened to. I, I watched for season one. I really enjoyed the making of the Mandalorian. Mm. Um, the gallery, I think it's called. Yes. And it, and I think I haven't watched season two yet, which I think is just one episode. Whereas season one was they kind of went through, you know, this is how they we do the the production, and this is how we do this aspect of it, and this is how we do the sound and so forth. But one of the things that I think Favreau was talking about was it's like you got all those lesser known characters from your vintage Star Wars collection and got them to play together. Like, you got your IG-88, and you got <laughs> yes. your Jawas, and, you know, you got, got the Ugnaught, you know, those, those yes, sort of yes. toys. And it feels like season two, you've able, you've been able to get some of the big characters in. Maybe, you know, you bring back your Boba Fett figure or you get your yeah. Luke figure, your and Luke I think, Jedi. Yep. And I think that just, it's, it's that flavour of, you know, you got us in with kind of those more obscure characters, which we still know and love. Yep. But now you've hit us with the big guns. You know what I think worked about that for me is that um, because I came to Star Wars late just because of my age, they were the figures that were still in retail when I was yep. young. So I haven't. I've got them all. Spot. I've got Ponda Bubba. Yeah, I've got the Ugnaught. You know, so I've got a, got a soft spot <laughs> Snaggletooth. For those, those figures, because, those characters, because I saw them in in the vintage line in retail. I can tell you where and remember seeing them. But you know. Try finding a Han Solo or an R two D two back <laughs> back then, and you know um, it's not the same, same. But you know, long after they've gone on clearance, though, those ones were still hanging around. So, you know, really, really quite magical to sort of tap into that and 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 take us back to that. And yeah, I, I, I loved it. You know, um, and can't wait for season three. Not to mention the other Star Wars offerings, the Book of Book Boba Fett. Fett. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. And yeah. the fifteen other Star oh, Wars yeah, shows. Yeah, yeah. Almost, yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of gold in there. Um, another Between thing. Nano and Marvel Disney Plus ah, own me. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they have your soul right now. Um, speaking of Marvel, let's just chat briefly about WandaVision. Something you know what I what I think. I'm just going to give my first impressions of WandaVision is when we go to the cinema and we sit down to watch a Marvel feature film, we know we're going to get, you know, really, really good representation of the characters. You know, the acting performance is going to be great. We're going to see lots of action. And we sort of know the general face. And and they do play around with the genres. You know, we've had Doctor Strange. We've had, uh, you know, the heist film with Ant-Man and the Wasp. We've had, you know, all the different sort of genres within the kind of broader action film kind of overarching uh, type of type of genre but this WandaVision is something completely
completely different. Something I mean, we're totally not used to. Because at its core, it is a homage to television shows. Yep. Yeah, to sitcoms. It's a sitcom. It's a sitcom, and it's going through the history of sitcoms. And I think from what, from what we feel, we've had the first two episodes, which was that very, for me, bewitched I Dream of Genie yep. vibe. Absolutely. But we're I, gonna, I love Lucy. Williams. I love Lucy. I love Lucy. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, it's a bit of Beaver almost as yep. well. Yep. All kind of mixed in. And what, what was really interesting is kind of, and I'd love to hear your comments on what you thought, but at first I wasn't too keen on this. You know, I'm like, oh, I don't kind of get it. But when I watched that first episode and I got the nostalgia hit from those shows and I just go, okay, this is what they're doing. I understand what they're trying to achieve. I'm just going to let them deliver on that I'm not going to go oh I wanted this or it's not meeting my expectation because Marvel usually do that it's different there's so much content out there I think they can be a little bit brave yep. and, and throw their hand in a few different directions and once I kind of just it was just a mindset I did the same thing in, in the Wonder Woman film which we'll talk about in, in next week's episode and, and I think once I flicked the switch in my brain to go I see what they're trying to do and I respect the way they've done it like the quality of replicating one of those old sitcoms from the from the 50s or 60s and then I was I was You're loving in. it yeah yep. look my my first impression was like oh wow it's this you know and we'd we'd seen uh, enough of the trailers to know there was going to be these black and white elements to it the thing that sort of surprised me was was the laugh track Right, you so you. When's the last time you've watched a show that has a laugh track in it? Friends, or, yeah, or whatever. Friends, or like Did Seinfeld have it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Seinfeld, yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm it's, thinking like Mash, like and yeah. that sort of thing, and that really surprised me. And um, I, I really loved it. By the time you got uh, to the second episode, that the shtick of you know the gosh gee Willikers, that was kind of getting <laughs> yeah. on my nerves a little bit. Yeah. But particularly in the latter half of that second episode, that's when you started to see little breaks in yep. this illusion or, or virtual reality or whatever it is that we're sort of experiencing there's enough little breaks in it for just go oh okay and and even the end of that first episode where on a dime things turn really dark and the, the vision's boss is just choking and i'm like i didn't see this coming this yeah. is amazing what's going to happen um i thought the use of when they did use color obviously very sparingly it was for a very important reason yes. there was lots of little nods in there there's entire youtube videos dedicated to all the easter eggs which i didn't even pick half of them at the time um so i think there's a lot for people who are paying attention and you know we just mentioned about feloni and that not treating their audience like dummies this has the same hallmarks of that where it just goes we're not going to spoon feed you in fact we're not going to barely feed you at all here's a couple of crumbs and you have to you know make the own the connections in your own mind ben what did you think uh, i'm gonna be half the internet on this uh, thing <laughs> I i'm gonna, gonna represent say, yeah the internet so i'm the sort of person that doesn't chase all the uh watching all the trailers and things so mm. i only caught okay it's black and white it looks 50s style things i wasn't expecting it to be two full-on episodes of 50s style agreed yeah. ep episode I needed more B-Man, right? I needed more, uh, you know, what's that guy doing in there, you know? And then she rewinds time to, yep. so that he doesn't... Sure. I needed more of that. Yep. I know there's 110,000 Easter eggs and things, but a number on the wall doesn't do it for me. You know, sure. I need more, uh, you know, breaking up of those... Uh, 
aspects and characters. So like the and, helicopter and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I need a little bit more to keep me interested. Other than that, you know, they, these are sitcoms my parents used to watch and I'd be <laughs> like, God damn, I just want to tear my eyes out. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, and, and it was just, it was almost a relief to then flip over to the stand, uh, the strand, yep, the, the strand, stand. And get back into the series of genre that I personally the like. The bleak. Ble- bleak, yeah. Bleak you know, bleak dire. Davey said, am, am I okay? You know, <laughs> sort of when he, um, you know, so like, uh, I, and, and look, you know, fantastic that I have faith. Like, don't get me wrong. Even though I don't, it's not my cup of tea. I have faith that if I stick with it, and by halfway through the season, I'll be hooked yep. because it'll all all those little nods, B mans, and there'll be C mans, and there'll be <laughs> you know whatever else um, that you know they throw at us. Um, there'll be enough of those little tidbits to be like, now I'm in. I but think, but yeah. those first two episodes, that was a hard watch for me. Like, I think that's why they actually released them both at the same time because yeah. if they did one a weekly drop, and all we got was that first episode, I think you'd see a lot more angst on yeah. on the internet to be honest where people are just going to go i didn't get it there was not not even a bare the only the slightest hint of something's not right in this world and i think they would have and i think they realized that when they've watched their final edits and gone no nah, we need to drop the first two because really by the end of that second one you, yep. you know you start to see the more obvious cracks so um, what did we think of the the ads that were in it? You know, there was an I ad like for that. like I the... loved that. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was because that, that goes back to early television where yep. you'd have one single product that would sponsor a show. Yes. And it wouldn't just be at the beginning of the show or during the ad break, it'd actually be in the story. So I thought the Stark Toaster mm-hmm. was a brilliant way to sort of um, tie it back to to um, to Tony Stark's father and his company in that era in in the 50s and also you know pay a and yet another homage to early television which which i thought was terrific i really enjoyed it overall i um will be the first to admit i don't know exactly where it's going but i, I enjoyed the the tributes to early television but i also thought it had a real twin peaks vibe to it which mm-hmm. i don't know if anyone in this room right. my, my little brother yeah, I love twin almost peaks. orgasmed yeah. over that <laughs> and he's like you need to watch it and i'm just like i don't get it man i'm yeah. sorry I'm a bit which, I what, tried. what is twin he peaks. The, twin peaks twin yeah. peaks is one of the best shows yeah, I know, I ever know, made but, oh. and, and uh, what what i have what you have to do with twin peaks you have to understand the the visionary director of david lynch to produce Twin Peaks in 1990 yes. and 1991, it was too ahead of its time. 1990, he is doing what then Lost kind of came in and did for modern television to tell what not an episodic story. I'm pointing like Harrison Ford. I've got the waggle finger. I've got a dunce hat on and I'm <laughs> sitting facing the corner at the moment. But I mean, he, he was, in my opinion, David Lynch was, in terms of television, was 15 years ahead of his time <laughs> with what he produced. And that's, that's, Genius, right there. Please don't, please, listeners, don't think I'm an. Um, I'm, I hate this sort of thing because I love no. 2001: A Space Odyssey. Donnie Darko is one of my favourite freaking yep. films ever made. Uh, you know, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind. Yeah. Uh, number twenty three. All those sort of you know, um, um, Off the wall. Memento, yep. where it plays backwards. Just yep. all those thinking movies I love. 
I'm sorry, I just don't get Twin Peaks. I'm sorry, you know, like you know. Yeah, it's it one of those shows you either do or you don't. Yeah, it sounds like uh, Ben's brother and Trent need to start their own Twin Peaks <laughs> oh, podcast. To be honest. <laughs> Yeah, the one thing I'd say about those ads is, and I've listened to some other more Marvel-centric podcasts, and they go deep down the rabbit hole with crazy theories. For every theory where you go, actually, that sounds kind of interesting how this links to that, there's another 10 where you're just like, all right, just just get your hand off it, That please. was nothing. That was yeah, just, yeah, that yeah, was your total fresh yeah, air shot. Yeah. Um, but those ads in particular, what I read into that was, the first one, as you said, is Tony Stark and a toaster. Well, Tony Stark effectively made Vision. The yes. second ad, which yep. was the, the Hydra. watch, Hydra, the Struckers. Struckers, yep. if you follow Age of Ultron movie, the Struckers gave Wanda her powers. See, see, yep. B-Man looked to me like a Hydra agent. Or an AIM agent. AIM or AIM agent. Yeah. Sorry, AIM, AIM agent. Yeah, yeah. like that. Because I'm looking at him on the shelf Correct. there. He's, he's up there. Yeah. The difference is that him and the little helicopter shared the same logo, which is actually the SWORD logo. And SWORD is essentially a bit like SHIELD. It's yep. a silly space, acronym. Yeah. And it's space something yeah. or other. Um, and the theory with that is the end of Captain Marvel where you see uh, Nick yes. Fury and he's on some space station. Who's got my shoes? That's S.W.O.R.D. And we, the theory right. is that it ties into that. So, the, And look, half of that could be wrong, but it's got fans speculating my, and stuff that, you know, as you said, you have faith that stuff's going to pay off. My, my theory is, is that Wanda is so powerful she's created her own reality yes. off TV series that she's grown yeah. up enjoying and every time she sees the B-Man which is a aim agent yeah. it's like no 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 I don't like that yeah, don't and then she rewinds well because Vision's time. dead really yeah. like I mean yeah. essentially yeah. this is all so. this is all in her head and she's so powerful and mm. I think some of those characters she's created others of them like um, kind of others of them are, are like you know from the real world and they're like almost sleeper agents in it trying to work out ah, you, I think Truman it's, Show like yeah, yeah and it's yeah. it's the I think it's the end of the first one or maybe the second one where there's almost like radio static and you sort of hear voices going Wanda yes, who's doing this yeah, to you yeah. so there's I feel like there's this battle going on outside of the sitcoms that yep. we're not aware of to try and help Wanda and there's probably villains in there trying to control Wanda right. and gain her powers and all those sorts of things so and that's sort of that's the angle you're more hanging out for. Is I, that I need more payoff. I yes, need a little yep. bit more every episode. each episode, like you know, more and, and not spoon fed, sure. but more just a just little, little bit. Little something, and something. this will keep me going. Oh, yeah. I like that. Not you know, but uh, watching a ten minute thing of a of a um, you know a, a pull a rabbit out of a hat sideshow <laughs> yeah. and it just going terribly wrong. Okay, it was funny the first three times that. She, you know, um, yeah, vision saying. stuffed up. But after that, it's like, oh man, I need another drink. Like. <laughs> but it, and this is the interesting thing is because that that was the mental switch I had to click for me to enjoy this. And once I clicked it, I go, well, if your if your goal in this series is to pay homage to these shows and really make us feel like we're witnessing that again, you got to kind of go all in. Yeah, like that first good. episode was filmed in front of a studio audience. It played out pretty much, apart from the choking scene, mm. that you kind of go, oh, that's a bit different. It played out as beat you, for beat yeah. as, a, got as very an old serious. episode. Okay. It got very Vision, serious. And he, yeah. fit, you know, helping. And like, the, the yeah. other thing, when she did that, and even with the, the no with the beekeeper, her voice changes. It goes from that very, yeah. oh, yep. golly gosh, yep. to her more yep. Sokovian. Yep. And it's kind of confronting, telling, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward I to... I loved how they played it right down to the single beds for what is yeah. essentially a married couple in, yes. in, in a 56 But they didn't know. even talk about if they were married or not. They danced they around didn't. that quite a they, bit. They didn't, but I mean, if you look at it 
as a 50 sitcom they would be. Yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, I just look. We're probably probably out of time, but maybe just a, a quick thing. Do we think now that this is, there's been a lot of hype leading up to this Disney Plus thing, and we've had Mando, we've now got the first Marvel thing. Do we think this is the future of these huge franchises? Do we think this works as opposed to the movie model, which is now problematic, given you know audiences in a lot of countries can't go to the movie theater and stuff? Do we think well, during a what pandemic that's problematic? Who knows what. Um, the world looks like post-pandemic, but I think I, it's going to take five years for uh, the world to catch up because America's still suffering yep. big. Yep. Hollywood—that's where most of the movies come out of. That's true. You look at what's being released at the moment. There's some pretty average films coming out at the moment. Ghostbusters just got pushed back again yeah. by three months or something. There's so many movies on the you know on the horizon. And they just, you know, they, we get closer, they get pushed out. I mean, when is Black Widow coming out? Seriously. Well, they want a cinema release, really, That's right. for this they do, stuff, they financially. They, and Disney have said that there are certain things that they won't just take to streaming, yeah. like Black yeah. Widow. But I think from now on, I think if there is, you know, let's say there's another character like Black Widow who, you know, gains popularity and they go, oh, that this character deserves their own project. Yep. It's they're going to look first to TV? a Disney Plus series because it's yeah. it's easier to produce. They do it all in house and they can tell a larger story. You arguably get yep. more content spread across your 10, 12 episodes. Oh, better um, value than a than a big the, movie. The Mando series has been the best, you know, storytelling yeah. in in mm. since in, the last four, you know, three movies. Can, can I just, just I, I've got to say something about quality here because I think quality of both getting in the right actors, getting the right scriptwriters or directors and getting a big enough budget for it to feel like cinema. I don't know if anyone remembers kind of after the prequels, there was talk of this Star Wars show. Yes, I do. Right? And and they they made a pilot and it never got released. That's right. That footage leaked and I watched the first, you know, 10 minutes of this kind of uh, what you'd call maybe like early to mid 2000s Star Wars TV show. Yep. And George was never happy. He, I think they wrote like 130 episodes or something, right? Wow. They, they, were, they, they were going for this project and they just, and it was like, oh my really? goodness. Yeah, yeah. The, like it would have, <laughs> yeah. it would have made Star Wars, it would have brought the bar down. Yeah. And, and it yeah. would have been like a bit like Caravan of Courage, that style of thing, mm-hmm. because they just couldn't get the economics right to make it work for TV. Fast forward now to 2020, and we've had Game of Thrones, and we have had these shows that really have the, almost the been day. on a motion picture, yeah, walking yep. motion picture kind of feel and vibe. Mando's gone and done almost motion picture Star Wars quality on a TV budget. I think this has a lot of potential. If I go back to kind of the series like Gotham, Flash, Agents of Shield. These would all come on. I'd watch a few episodes. I'd go, it's just not doing yeah. it for me. It's yeah. just yeah. not cinematic enough or it's not tying into a broader universe. WandaVision, it ties into the MCU. Absolutely. Mando, it ties into the Star Wars movie. Yeah. movie yeah. Right. This can work and it can be the next big thing because they're doing it right. And they've got yeah. the right writers, the right directors, the right budgets for the show. And the right cast. I, I think I think the other secret to it is they need to release it weekly or yes. whatever. They can't just 
throw it out into the Netflix binge style. Here's the whole thing because it just it's not as exciting. You need to let people. You know, some people have already watched the whole series and you're just watching the first episode. Yep. You know, I just I think that's more exciting to watch it as it's been released rather than well, watching it, it a whole. Keeps, it keeps yeah. the internet a buzz for yes. the ten weeks, let's yep. say that the, the show runs. Absolutely, yeah. mm-hmm. and if people really get into something like Mando, for example, it leaves people you know absolutely hanging for the next episode. If you've got them already there day one, they all drop. Uh, you're probably hearing spoilers about it before you've halfway yeah. through. Yep. Yeah. Gives them time to get those figures out on the shelf before the show's over. That's true, too. <laughs> Very good. All right. And, well, and a chance to sell get, those shit before they blow them up. Get, yeah, that's right. The Razor yeah. Crest. It gets yeah. their crowdfunding uh, done before they, uh, yeah, the next episode they blow it up. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, bird. <laughs> All right. Very good. We're at time, so we better wrap this episode. But thank you very much for tuning into another episode of Toy Power and to all our Patreons. Thank you for your ongoing support. We hope to see you all around the toy aisles. Do we have a new patron to shout out? Uh, actually, we do. Uh, shout out to Jen Sykes, who uh, has actually joined a Patreon a little while ago, but only just recently joined us on the Discord. She started showing off her amazing Barbie collection, and you know she was a little bit apprehensive at first, but our wonderful Patreon community just went. Jen, that's amazing. Like, you know, show us more and started telling, you know, stories of other people and, and their sisters or their wives or something like that, their collections as well. So, yeah, thanks very much, Jen, for signing on. She did say to me, she goes, oh, I'm a little bit new to this Discord thing. And I was like, you will not find a nicer bunch of people to talk with. So, yeah, so welcome. True. So, yeah, everyone, um, take care and stay safe, um, especially right now with everything that's happening in the world. And... Until next time, good journey. You can find the Toy Power team at all the usual online places. Facebook.com slash Toy Power Podcast. At Toy Power Podcast on both Twitter and Instagram. Or have your say and email us. Toy Power Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe to the show on both iTunes and Stitcher. And please leave us a review. Otherwise, we just assume we're awesome. We are a proud member of the Giant Size Team Up Network. Check out all the awesome shows on this awesome network full of okay people. Want to learn more? Go to GiantSizeTeamUp.com where you can find us and a whole lot more awesome shows. Well, they're not more awesome than us, but they're...